can somebody shout Jesus? Jesus! Can somebody shout Jesus? Jesus! Shout Jesus! Jesus! Shout you are worthy! Shout you are worthy! Glory to God. Praise the Lord. God is good, amen? All right, y'all ready for the word tonight? Now I'm going to share with you, I'm going to warn you, they haven't, I haven't preached in a while. And so that means we might be here for a minute, amen? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Praise the Lord. Come on, shake your neighbor's hand and say, it's good to see you in the house of God. No, say it like you mean it. Say, it's good to see you in the house of God. It's good to see you in the house of God. Praise the Lord. All right. And you may be seated. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, let's open up to the book of Exodus tonight. We're going to start in the third chapter of Exodus. And I'm believing God for a word tonight. Amen. You know, over the course of time in ministry, I've gotten to see, you know, quite a bit for a short amount of time. Amen. For a young minister, I've seen quite a bit. I've seen different situations, different scenarios, different responses, and so forth. But I want to I share a little bit tonight, starting out of Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And I'm going to look at Moses and his life for just a moment, and then we'll go from there. Exodus chapter 3 in verse 1. And if you need to, you can follow along on the board, on the screen, excuse me. If you have it, say amen. amen. Now, Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire. Yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. For I am aware of their sufferings so i have come down to deliver them from the power of the egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the canaanite and the hittite and the amorite and the parasite and the hivite and the jesuite and now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. 
Therefore come now and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Look at verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Let's pray this morning, this evening. Father, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your word that's a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. We thank you, Lord, for your call. We thank you, Jesus, Lord God, that you have a great purpose and a plan for each and every one of us in here tonight, God. Father, I thank you that through that purpose and that plan that we will find fulfillment, we will find blessing, we will find usefulness, we will find effectiveness for this very life that we have. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do in this place tonight, God. Come, my King, and have your way. Come and speak to us tonight, God. Anoint me to preach your word, God, as I decrease and you increase in this house. You are worthy, my King. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be worshipped. You're worthy to be glorified. You're worthy for us to lay down our lives. Father, allow me to decrease as you increase today. Forgive us for all of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would give the Lord a hand, praise, amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. I want to speak to you this evening, saints, uh, about a topic that I think will be fitting for what we're discussing today. And my topic is man's response to the call of God. You know, and over the course of these last years uh, that I've been pastoring and these years that I've been in ministry, I've gotten to see many different responses to the call of God upon men and women's lives. Some of them good, some of them not so good. Some of them answer the call some of them don't answer the call but I've got to see this okay I've got to see this take place and I want you to look today at some scriptures because I want you to realize amen that if God is calling you amen and you may be having some challenges with that call I want you to know that you're in good company can I get an amen, amen. and I want to start out tonight by talking to you about the life of Moses because God had a purpose and a plan for Moses's life amen in order to use him as a vessel as a tool in order to set free the people of God from the bondage of the world of Satan amen and all the things that may be hindering them. You know, and as we look at this for every Christian who has been called by God, amen, it's one of the most exciting events in their life. And when we look, a lot of times, you know, blessings in ministry can help confirm that call and they help establish a leader's confidence in that call. You know, uh, but when the future Christian, amen, faces failure and criticism, a lot of times he begins to question whether he heard God correctly concerning the thing that he's asked him to do. It's easy to believe God and it's easy to have confirmation when there's blessing, when there's doors opened, when there's People, amen, that are coming to support and encourage, amen, and walk alongside of you, amen. Those are all confirmation, amen. Those are all things that are showing and confirming, amen, God's calling upon your life. But a lot of times, saints, amen, when it comes to failures or when it comes to criticism, a lot of times we begin to question or we begin to doubt whether we truly heard God correctly concerning that call. And a lot of times we say, well, I, did I hear God correctly? 
or am I where, really where I should be? Or am I really called to do something for God? Am I really called to ministry? You know, and I want you to realize this today, saints. Every single Christian that's in here tonight is called to ministry. You know, but God's plan and his purpose for him or her depends on the way that he or she responds to that call. God didn't save you just so that you could be a pew warmer. God didn't save you just so that you could be in heaven, even though, yes, that's part of it. And that's a blessing. Amen. And that's crucial. Hello, somebody. Amen. Yes, he wants us to have eternal life. Yes, he wants us to spend eternity in his presence. Yes, he wants us to be born again. Amen. So I want to look at some things for just a moment. Amen. And I want us to kind of take a look and I want to look at the life of Moses. Amen. For just a moment. See, Moses is one of the most interesting men of the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 34 and 10, it states, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel, like unto the man Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He said, there arose not a prophet since in Israel like the man of Moses. So Moses, amen, was an interesting, he was a unique, he was a one-of-a-kind man, amen. And he was obviously not only a unique man, but he was one that had a unique relationship with the Lord. He was one that had a unique relationship with the Lord. Hebrews 11 and 23, if you'll... Put it up there with me. He says this. He says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months by his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commands. In other words, Moses was born of faith. Somebody say God is good. good. And not only that, but his parents had a living faith in the God of their fathers, amen. Now, I want to give you a little bit of background real quick concerning Moses, amen. And I want to start by talking about the youth of Moses, right? Moses was adopted, and he was raised in the house of the daughter of Pharaoh. And what this meant, for those of you that don't know, amen, this meant that Moses was one who lived in the royal household. Amen. Pharaoh was the leader of the Egyptians. Now, when we look at it in the depiction, amen, Egypt represents the world and the world systems. Pharaoh represents Satan. Are y'all following me today? So Moses was a man who was adopted and he was raised in a royal house in Egypt. Amen. In the house of Pharaoh's daughter. Are y'all with me today? He was raised up in royalty. He was raised up. Amen. In riches. He was raised up in an environment. Amen. Which was excelling above and beyond everything of those days. Somebody say God is good. Acts 7 and 22 says this. And Moses was learned in all the wisdoms of the Egyptians and was mighty in the words and deeds. And, and from this verse, we see that Moses had he had all the education of the known world available while he was in the royal house of Pharaoh. See, Egypt was at that time one of the most productive and most progressive countries that the world knew. 
It was, and when it comes to education, it was one of the most advanced with achievement far above anywhere else in the land. And this is where Moses, amen, was raised. This is where he was at, amen. This is where he grew up, amen. He grew up in this environment where he was educated. Hello, somebody. He was learned in the wisdom of the world. All kinds of worldly wisdom that you could have was right there available to him. Amen. He was trained and brought up and developed in these things. Amen. And, and the Bible says, and he learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Amen. And we see that in this verse, Moses had all the education. Amen. Amen. While he was in the house of Pharaoh. Amen. And as we look at the scriptures concerning Moses, it was evident that the Lord must have spoken to him sometime during his early years in his life. Hebrews eleven twenty four says this, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now here he is, amen. You know, the children of Israel were in bondage. Amen. In Egypt. And he was adopted into the royal house of the Egyptians, even though he was an Israelite. Are y'all following me today? I'm going somewhere. Amen. And what we begin to look at is Moses faced very difficult decisions in his life. You know, Moses was at the age of 40 when he made some life-changing decisions in his life. Because Moses had to choose between royalty and peasantry. He was in a place of royalty. Amen. Where his people... We're in a place of bondage, amen, and oppression. Are y'all with me today? He had to choose between all the wealth and all the power and all the influence and the glory of Egypt and the slavery of his own people. I want you to look at this today. See, I want you to look at this because Ultimately, there's going to be some decisions that you're going to have to make when it comes, amen, to answering the call of God. See, he had to make the decision that he was going to step away from the things of the world. Hello, somebody. And the riches of the world and the wealth and the recognition in order to do God's purpose. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty seven, by faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And this is at the age of 40 that he had to make this life-changing decision. See, Moses' decision challenged and changed his life. Amen. And in saving a Hebrew from cruel beating, he killed the Egyptian who was beating him. Amen. If y'all are familiar with the story. And he led Moses directly into a personal 40-year period. Somebody say God is good. Amen. Now, during this time, there was something that went on in the life of Moses. And there was a process that began to take place that occurs in the life of every man or woman that is called by God. Now, I told you Egypt represents the world. Pharaoh represents Satan. Amen. 
Moses was brought up, amen, and right there in the midst of the world, he had all the finest, he had the best education, amen, he had all these various things, amen, but he was under, amen, the Pharaoh, he was under Satan's control, are y'all with me today? That's a, that's a story of a lot of us, amen, we were in the world, amen, we had the opportunity, amen, to do whatever the world had to offer, amen, we had the opportunity to do all those things, amen, but we were under the control of Satan in our lives. Are y'all with me today? Amen. And this is what Moses had to make the decision. And there began to be a process that began to occur in his life. See, I want you to know something, saints, that God's ways are always different, amen, and sometimes opposite from man's. Especially when it comes to dealing with his servants, amen. You know, why would God use a wilderness in order to prepare the leader of his people? See, God will use a wilderness experience in order to prepare a man or woman of God for service. But there were some things that God had to begin to do and begin to strip from Moses' life in order to have him be effective and prepared to do what God had prepared for him to do. Can I get an amen? amen. There were some things, there was a stripping process that had to begin to occur in his life. Amen. And Moses goes from the royal courts of Pharaoh, or he goes from the riches of the world to the backside of the desert. Amen. And for some of you, that's a victory home. Can I get an amen? God is good, amen? I'm being attacked by a fly or a gnat or something. I think it went up my nose. At least it's gone, I guess. But God had a purpose in Moses' life. He had a purpose of development. God was going to put Moses through some years of divine stripping. See, and I want you to look at that. You know, Moses had been 40 years in the courts of Pharaoh, learning all of the wisdom, all of the ways and all the powers and tools of men as in the world. In the, in, in, in the worldly ways, he was equipped under Pharaoh with the best training of the world Amen. The ways of the world, the wisdom of the world. Amen. All of these different things for 40 years, the education of the world. And there was a stripping process that began to be, have to happen in order for God to begin to prepare him in order to be able to use him in order to be to set the people free from captivity. Hello, somebody. Amen. Because there was because the way that God was going to begin to use in order to begin to do it. Amen. Was completely contrary to the ways of the world. Can I get an Amen. See, sometimes God has to take a man or woman of God and he has to begin to put them in the wilderness. He has to begin to strip everything from them, amen, including their way of thinking, including their way of processing things, including their way, amen, of dealing with things because God's got another purpose and a plan in order to use them, amen, where God's ways are not our ways and our ways are not God's ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts and our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Somebody say God is good. See, because God wasn't going to use the Egyptian method to free his people from their bondage. And so what God was going to do is strip Moses from all of his wisdom. And he was going to begin to mold him for a task that only God's wisdom could accomplish through him. Amen. And for 40 years, Moses was on the backside of the desert where he shepherded his father-in-law's sheep. I want you to look at that for just a moment. You know, there's a process that God goes through each and every time when he wants to use a man. Amen. You see him do it with Moses. You see him do it with Jeremiah. You see him do it with the disciples. You see him do it with Paul. 
you see him do this process. And God was taking and he was stripped Moses of all of this Egyptian wisdom. And he began to mold him for the task that only God's wisdom could accomplish through him. Amen. And for 40 years, amen, he was on the backside of the desert and he was shepherding his father-in-law's sheep. Amen. In other words, he was just a common herdsman of another man's flock. Are y'all with me today? In other words, he was a home director or a leader. Are y'all with me today? The Lord is good, amen. And Moses' wife was just an ordinary woman in the desert, amen. She was a far contrast from the royal young maidens that he could have married in Egypt, amen. Hello, somebody, amen, from the world, amen. So you say, well, what was God's purpose in all of this, pastor, amen? Well, guess what? God was totally stripping the man who he was going to use greatly, amen, in a mighty way. Can I get an amen? And sometimes people won't go through that process of stripping that is preparing them in order to be used in a mighty way in order to reach, amen, and impact a city and a nation, amen. And a, are y'all with me today? But there was a process that had to go forth, amen, because God's ways are different than our ways. You know, the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. There's many that are called, but there's only few that are willing, amen, to let God begin to do what he wants to do in order for them to be chosen to answer that call. Because until they say yes, amen, that's when they're chosen. Are y'all with me today? Each and every one of you has a call from God to do something from God. But some of you will choose not to answer that call. Some of you will choose not to go through that process. Some of you will choose not to go through that stripping. So what was the purpose in all of this? Well, Moses was stripped of self-confidence in Egyptian pride. Because the reason is, is if it was just self-confidence and his pride in what he knew from the Egyptians, these attitudes would have been impossible for him to accomplish what God had called him to do. Are y'all with me today? The task that Moses was going to face, he would need to know that God, not man, was the source of his strength. And as Moses, amen, God as a desert for all of his servants, and that is that he's going to use in a mighty way. And this stripping process is a part of the plan of God for all who respond to the call of God. And that's what we look at right here in the book of, of, of Exodus in chapter 3. He says, now Moses was pastoring the f flock of Jethro, his father-in-law the priest of the Midians, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire. And yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, Amen. I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why this bush is not burned up. And when, he, when the Lord saw that he turned to look aside, God called to him from the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet. For the place in which you stand is holy ground. And he also said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham. Right here we begin to see the call, amen, that God had put in Moses' life, amen. And when Moses was called, amen, he was on the backside of the desert, amen. He was tending sheep in the dry desert, amen, as another day's work would have required him to do, amen. He was just taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, amen, when God placed that call upon him, when God put that fire upon him, when he put that word inside of him, when he confirmed that with him. And when Moses was called, 
The Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. Amen. And God told Moses of his plan to deliver the children of Israel out of their Egyptian bondage. And God told Moses how the children of Israel were in great distress. Because of the affliction, because of their Egyptian taskmaster, because of Pharaoh. And because Moses already understood, amen, the sad situation of the children of Israel, he didn't hesitate to agree with the Lord that Israel greatly needed help. And I want you to look at that because Moses' agreement with the Lord showed that he had a burden for his people. My question to you today is, do you have a burden for God's people? Moses had a burden for the people. He saw the people that were in bondage. He saw the people that were under control of Pharaoh. He saw the people, amen, that were under the taskmaster, amen. And when God began to speak, he began to have a burden, amen, for those people. Are y'all with me today? And God is raising up men and women today, amen, that when he calls, amen, they answer the call because there's already a burden for those people. We should have a burden for the souls that are lost. We should have a burden for a city. We should have a burden to see them saved. We should have a burden for the fact that they're in darkness, that they're in bondage, that they're hurting, that they're in the world, that Pharaoh, Satan, has control of their life. And there should be a burden in you that rises up. Amen. That rises up. And when God begins to speak to you, you begin to respond. But Moses had some failures, amen? That's my next point, the failure. How many of you know sometimes we're going to fail? Well, Moses had already tried once to deliver his people in his own might, but he failed. And now the Lord was saying to Moses, I'm going to deliver the people this time. Amen? By my power. And in my way. See, sometimes we try to do things our own way. Sometimes we try to do some things in our own power. And God told Moses that he himself was going to deliver the God, was going to deliver the people. And so this must have come to a shock to Moses, amen, when he said, God, when he heard God say to him, amen, what seemed to be just the opposite, he said, come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people and the children of Israel out of bondage, amen. You know, a lot of times we see leaders that have experienced this while they have failed to deliver the people from their bondage or the church. And it's because they try to do it in their own power, in their own way. And this is why God has stripped the leader and humbled him to let him know that it's not by power. Amen. It's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the almighty Lord. And when the leader is broken, amen, by God, then he can begin to decrease Why God begins to increase. Amen. Amen. And only then can God receive all the glory. See, Moses received a direct call from God. And he didn't doubt that his call was from the most high God. Because he heard it with his own ears. Amen. He knew it was from God. But even in the midst of knowing it, how many of y'all know he still responded In some ways that may not be the best. See, I've got to see a lot of people that have been called by God. And it's interesting to see how they respond. Amen. See, some people won't even go through the process of being stripped. 
Some people won't go through the process of being stripped to, and humbled to a point to where they can say, you know what? It's only by God. It's nothing by me. It's only by the power of God. I am nothing. My way won't work. My wisdom isn't enough. My power isn't enough. My ability isn't enough. My anointing isn't enough. It's only by God. And the first response that Moses had was a response of unworthiness. In Exodus 3 and 11, look at that verse. Will you put that up there? Praise the Lord. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And Moses said he wasn't worthy of the great task to which God was calling him. He was feeling unworthy. He was feeling of being undeserving, useless, valueless, inadequate. How many of y'all know that's a common way we feel? I preached about it recently when we were talking about Jeremiah. Amen. Jeremiah had the excuses of being his eloquent talk, being youthful. Being too young, you see the same thing here with Moses, amen. He had the, the, the response of, I'm, I'm not worthy to do this, God. I'm here to tell you, none of you are worthy. Hello, somebody, amen. What you deserve is the devil's hell. Hello, somebody. But God made you worthy. And the next response was a response of fear of rejection. Amen. Moses' second response to the call of God was a fear of rejection. We see that right there in verse 13. See, Moses feared that Israel would reject him. Amen. But because Israel knew, amen, Moses feared that the people would not respond to the authority in which he was coming in. Amen. And he remembered what he was said to them the last time he tried to deliver them. When Moses told an Israelite that he was wrong in fighting a brother, if y'all remember that part of the story, the Israelite man replied, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Amen. And that rejection had a lasting impression. Hello, somebody. Who are you to be telling me? God is good. Amen. Y'all falling asleep back there? Somebody's yawning. Praise the Lord. That's all right. We'll stay up later. Praise God. You're supposed to be encouraging your pastor, not yawning. Huh? You need to repent, man. Trying to help you out up here. That's all right. God knows who you are. He was afraid that the people would reject him. The next response was of unbelief. His third response to the call of God was of unbelief. Exodus 4 and 1 states, it says, And Moses answered and said, Behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto me. See, years before the people of Israel had not listened to him. Amen. So he's saying, well, why would they listen to him now? This unbelief was not the familiar voice of the, amen, Moses as he had been in the land of Egypt. He had been very mighty and bold in words indeed, but now he was afraid that his people would not even listen to him, amen. And in the response to this, the Lord gave Moses three signs. He said the first sign was the rod turning into a serpent. The second sign was his hand becoming leprous. And the third sign was the water turning to blood. Amen. And these signs illustrated the conversion of the natural into the supernatural. Amen. And the normal into the miraculous. There was a transformation that was occurring here. Amen. Where areas where he had failed before, he was going to begin to succeed. 
And the signs that God demonstrated to Moses, amen, was the power by which he was going to deliver the children of Israel, amen, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord, amen. Because it was God that was going to be doing it, amen. And God told Moses to look at what was in his hand. And Moses saw that it was his old familiar rod with which he had daily tended the sheep. But God told Moses to cast the rod down and to step back. And guess what? Moses obeyed and the rod turned into a serpent. Hello, somebody. Amen. He was shifting from the natural into the supernatural. He was shifting, amen, from a failure to a success. Hello, somebody. He was beginning to move forward. And Moses was startled at the sight of the serpent, but the Lord told him to pick it up. Amen. Somebody say, pick it up. And Moses knew that his Egyptian background, from his Egyptian background, that the only way to pick up a serpent was by the head so that it wouldn't bite him. But how many of y'all know the Lord told, amen, Moses, no, don't pick it up by the head, but you pick it up by the tail. See, some of us, amen, we think we've got it all figured out. We think we've, we learned that in the world. I've got to pick up that serpent by the head, or otherwise it's going to bite me. And God's saying, no, you pick it up by the tail, because I've got a plan. And in the very act of his picking up the serpent by the tail, instead of by the head, Moses was learning obedience to God's commands. He was learning that it was not going to be the Egyptian reasoning or the logic that would deliver Israel. But if he was going to deliver the nation of all, it would have to be by the, God's word and by God's spirit. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me today? Some of us got to relearn that. We've got to learn that. What we think may work, amen, may not be the way that God's going to do and use in order to begin to deliver the people. Are y'all with me today? And he had a response of inferiority. In other words, Amen. Moses believed that the Lord had made a mistake in his choice. Anybody ever feel like maybe God, God, you might have made a mistake. Who, me? You choosing to use me? I can't talk good. I don't have an education. Hello. Or some of you got an education, amen, but that don't mean nothing. You can't walk past a liquor store without staying sober. You can't walk past a cigarette without smoking it. But you got an education. God got a different method, amen. And then the last response was the response of unfruitfulness. His last response to God's calling was his accusation against the Lord because there was no fruitfulness in what the Lord had told him to do. Anybody ever feel like God told you to do something and you don't begin to see results in regards to what God told you to do? Man, God told me to go open up a church in the middle of easy living. Hello, somebody. And none of them people want to hear nothing about Jesus. That's how we feel in the home sometimes. Preaching to y'all, y'all don't want to hear nothing. That's why you're yawning. Hello. But he felt like it was not fruitful. Some of you ever feel like you wonder if you're being fruitful? God told you to go to the home. God told you to go to the ministry, but am I being fruitful? God told you to go to Maybank, but am I being fruitful? God told you to go to Quinlan, but am I being fruitful? God told you to go to Ben Wheeler, but am I being fruitful? Hello, somebody. Hello. 
In Exodus 5 and 21, Moses asked, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? And why is it that thou hast sent me? Why have you sent me here? You know, why have you sent me amongst these? You know, I, I'm going to tell you this. The first place that God sent me, even whenever I was in the world doing dope, I didn't hang out there. I'm just telling you, that's, that's where God sent me. I wouldn't go there when I was on dope. And I went hard in the paint. I, you know what I'm saying? I lived to use and used to live. Hello, somebody. I wasn't ashamed of the gospel of a drug addict. Hello. But God sent me to go pastor my first church in a place where I wouldn't even go to go get no dope. I'm just saying. You know, I had to leave a comfortable, very wealthy church where I had a congregation of about 150 people started from about 30 that I could preach to and pat me on the back and bless me with the cars and do all these things and say how good I was and everything else. And I left that. Amen. In order to go to a small trailer, amen, in the middle of a third world country in the United States, hello, in order to preach the gospel to people that didn't want to hear nothing I had to say. <laughs> that couldn't give me nothing. Amen. They were in such distress and poverty and pain and hurt and misery. They definitely couldn't, amen, appreciate me or pat me on the back or bless me. That's for darn sure. But that's where God had called me. And that's where God began to prepare me, amen, and equip me and break me of everything that I thought that I knew to where I was in complete reliance upon him, amen, complete reliance upon God for everything, amen, not by power, not by might, but by my, my spirit says the Lord and right there is where God began to birth something up and bring something forth amen and develop something not only in my life but in the ministry of victory life you know in Moses' life instead of any signs of progress in the situation of the nation of Israel Things became worse. Sometimes, amen, things will get worse instead of better. This is what was happening in Moses' life. Pharaoh didn't listen to the word of the Lord through Moses and Aaron, amen. Pharaoh had the taskmasters beat the children of Israel because of what Moses was saying. Hello, somebody. I remember when I first started preaching and pastoring. Amen. Those people got seemed like they got worse when I preached. Even the ones that came in the home. Amen. Nobody wanted to stick around. Nobody wanted to answer the call. Nobody wanted to run with the vision. Nobody wanted to lay down their life for Christ. My question to y'all, do y'all want to lay down your life? I'll read you a bedtime story later. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pharaoh must be keeping y'all up too late at night. And Moses was displeased because of his apparent unfruitfulness in his ministry in his life but at this point the Lord was testing Moses the Bible says if you're faithful and little I'll make you ruler over much there was a testing that was occurring sometimes some of us give up right there at that first test oh I'm not fruitful in making disciples the pastor told me to go make disciples man none of these guys even they're not even listening to what I got to say they rebel against me. They don't respect me. 
I ask them to go help fundraise the bread and they go sit down on the corner and eat zoom zooms and wham whams. <laughs> they talk bad about me. Well, thank you, Jesus. God was testing Moses and God was in control of the whole situation at the time and it was getting worse. I want you to know that God is in control. Somebody say God is in control. And Moses expected results sooner than the Lord wanted to give them. But how many of y'all know Moses was learning patience? And we've got to learn that everything works according to God's plan and God's time. Some of you need to learn some patience. Some of you have no patience. If you don't get what you want right when you want, you throw a fit. And you stomp your feet. And you whine and murmur. Learn patience. You might mess it up if you don't. We think we want to go make it happen. But we might mess it up. Y'all hear me? Thank you, Jesus. A lot of times we feel like we got to hurry and get everything done, but God demands patience. Can I get the worship team to come forward? You know, when it comes to leaders and those that are called, they got to learn to restrain anger or impatience with God. Because when the fruit of their ministry is slow in coming or comes in unexpected ways, I want you to realize that today. Just think if I would have gave up whenever nobody wanted to stay in the home. Nobody wanted to answer the call. You know, I remember crying out, and I did. I cried out right there on my knees. And I cried out right there in front of the men that were in the home. And I said, Lord, I said, I'm asking you to send me men that want to do something for you. Send me men that have a heart for God. And I would pray this right in front of the guys that I had in the home. Because they didn't want to do nothing for God. They wanted three hots in a cot. And they didn't even like the cot. So I cried out to God. God, send me men that can catch the vision. Send me men that have a heart for you, God. Send me men that want to do something for the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that the the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. And then all of a sudden, God sends me this little knucklehead named Zechariah. <laughs> and he had his little leather coat on and his funky looking hair. And he smelled like an ashtray. And he was a smart aleck. A real smart aleck. You know, like one of those ones you just wanted to slap him. But I couldn't slap him. I, I used to hit him in the head real hard, behind the head, in the back of the head. And then God began to take Zechariah. Because Zechariah loved the world. All the hippest stuff. The music. You know, the fame, the fortune, the this, the that. And God began to strip him. And he's, he's, a, he's a, got a decent head on his shoulders. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's. He thought he was all that in a bag of chips. But God began to grab a hold of him. 
And God began to put that fire in his That dude, he thought he thought I was putting stuff in his drink. He's like, what are y'all giving me, man? He thought he was on ecstasy for the first month and a half he was here. No, I'm serious. And I remember God would have me, and I would preach the word with fire every morning. Boom, boom, just fire, just preaching the word every morning. He had me pouring out and 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 pouring out. Amen. I would be behind that pulpit all day, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. I mean, just nonstop. And these guys are just soaking it up, man. Just soaking it up, just soaking it up, just soaking it up. Just fire preaching, fire preaching, fire preaching. Just everything, man. Giving them everything I had, everything that I knew, everything. Amen. Come on. And I, I, you know, thank you, Jesus. You know, I didn't know what, what would come of it, but I knew that I was being obedient to God. He says, pour out, I'll pour out. Thank you, Jesus. But God had a plan. God had a purpose. He had a plan. All right, you want to share with us what you got? Is it good? They didn't give you no ecstasy, did they? Come on, stand to your feet for just a moment. And so, God had to change some things, though. He had to strip us of the way that we think. He had to strip Zechariah of the way he thinks. The world is telling him, man, what are you doing wasting your time? What are you doing wasting your time over there doing that in that ministry? Why aren't you in college? Why aren't you doing something with your life? When God was this whole time, had him in the desert taking care of his father's sheep. Had him at the victory home. Amen. Had him hidden. Had him hidden. There was no glory. Amen. All he did was deal with mess. Because sheep make messes. You know what I'm saying? But God had a plan. But he was preparing. He was preparing. He was preparing just like he was preparing Moses. Just like he was preparing Jeremiah. Did you know Jeremiah went through some trials. He was called to be a prophet to the nations. But amen. He wasn't even allowed to marry. Jeremiah lived a life of solitude and loneliness. Amen. Without the joys of family and the security of loved ones near him. This was Jeremiah's life. He went even there to marry. Amen. I know Zachariah felt like he said, I don't, am I ever going to get married? I said, don't worry about it, boy, serve God. You don't need to be worried about a wife. You know, Adam wasn't worried about a wife. He was just tending to the, the garden and God brought him a wife right there. He didn't have to leave the garden. He didn't have to go run off. He just did the work of the Lord and look what God will do. Come on, man. Jeremiah was beaten, he was imprisoned, he was put in dungeons, amen, all kinds of stuff. He was publicly disgraced. He was even rejected by priests and prophets. 
God is good. I'm about to close. Some of you, God is calling you. He's speaking to you. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar right now. If that's you, stand up, stand up for a second. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Oh, yes. But first, some of you, God is, he's calling you. And he's waiting to see what your response is to that call. How are you going to respond to that call? How are you going to respond? And he's 